Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and him, Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. I apologise for the loudness of that hello. Um, that came out of nowhere, but those of you who have been listening right from the start of the festive period, darlings, will know that um, uh, we recorded all these on one night way back the 19th of December uh, when I decided to uh, what, what, augment the reality of the situation by bringing a couple of bottles of wine, etc., out to the office. Um, so that's why the hello was loud and enthusiastic. And also, we're nearly at the start of a new year, Kieran, which, for the love of God, has to be better mm. than the last couple, doesn't it? So we have one more short questions pod for you. Um, I should rephrase that. We have one more pod um, with long questions on it, but it's not many of them. So they are proper questions. Your Christmas just keeps going on, Kieran. I don't know if producer guys just stored these up to throw at you over Christmas to keep you interested, but they are... Proper accountancy questions, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, my yes. word. Yeah, um, I still feel I should be saying to you, "What are you doing? What are you doing when tomorrow night, New Year's Eve?" But it, it doesn't matter because it's nineteenth of December. Uh, so our first question comes from Liam Tyrrell. Uh, Liam says that last season, my local team, Wakefield AFC, announced details of some, inverted commas, significant investment. You've often spoken about some lower league teams being potentially good options for keen investors, and Wakefield appeared to tick many boxes. The, or definitely one of the biggest cities in the country without a league club, a decent catchment area extending beyond the five towns within the metropolitan borough of Wakefield, plus no legacy issues. I'm interested in your thoughts on the type of investment confirmed by Wakefield AFC and the potential of the club's ambitious plans to work its way up the pyramid. I particularly admire the professionalism of the setup with a strong focus on its academy and apprenticeship scheme in unison with the local college. I think Liam has a job in PR ahead of him. Um, if whatever he does at the moment doesn't go well. It's an interesting question about Wakefield, though, Kieran. Yes, and Wakefield is is always one of my football quiz questions, which is, huh. which is the largest town in the country without a club which is professional. And ah, the population of Wakefield is 330,000 people. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, Burnley's got 80,000. So oh, it's not got a football club. No, that's it. But it's, I mean... It, our overseas listeners may not know that Wakefield's always been more associated with rugby league, isn't it, as a sport? Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's always been a good pub quiz question that one, uh, oh, and I might actually, as we are recording this uh, on the nineteenth, I might actually retrospectively stick this into the uh, into our quiz. So we're now sort of in some weird type of back to the oh, future no, time. Hang on. You are really playing mind games with me now. So we've had <laughs> we've had the quiz, haven't we? We've had the quiz. Well, we, well, we haven't because we're recording this before the quiz. But we, yeah. this will be our. Oh, oh, yeah. I've not written the questions yet for the quiz, so now I've got an extra question I can put in. Kieran, that's not the important thing is I'm two bottles of wine in. You can't play mind games like this for me. I'm really genuinely – I've got to get up the garden path back into the kitchen. Pretend, pretend I haven't been drinking while I'm working. Right. Anyway, back back to Wakefield. Um, Liam is absolutely right. It does have a large catchment area uh, close by. Um, it's – the Wakefield AFC was effectively formed in in 2019 in its in its present incarnation. It's it does seem to be very progressive. It's got a women's team. It was taken over in 2021 by a company called VO2 Capital, which is some sort of family company from Connecticut in the US of A. Mm. Um, presently in the seventh tier of football, so it's it, it's it's got a fair amount of climbing to do. But uh, I think there's a lot to be said uh, in in respect of getting a club which is relatively low down because you can learn through your mistakes. I think that we've just seen uh, just before Christmas, uh, Bedford FC were acquired by by new owners, and uh, I, th- I think they they they've already said to us that we fancy coming on the show, so we'll be delighted to talk to them. The American owners they have they've got a uh, you know, different ideas, and um, I think Kieran, a lot they, of people they said, are they, they said that to us in a rather threatening way. <laughs> it, it wasn't a we we rather fancy coming on the pod. It was a bring it on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think fresh ideas for football. Um, they they shouldn't be they shouldn't be sneered at um uh, you know that they they should be they should be judged on their merits so um i, th- I think it's uh, i think there's a lot to be said for the, the the new owners at wakefield and it certainly is is a place which does have potential um it it it's is a football club that can grow into the city which is always useful because some t- some clubs perhaps have a natural uh, ceiling in terms of their size. So yeah, I, I think Liam's uh, raised raised uh, a, a good issue here, and uh, all of the things that they appear to be doing, which we're in favour of, using the club as a local hub, benefits of education, uh, diversity in terms of a women's team, boxes ticks left, right, and centre. It's it's interesting, Kieran, isn't it? We're talking about Wakefield and Bedford here. Uh, in years gone by, all of us listening to this, especially in the UK, if our if our team was away from home or we couldn't get there, we would go to our local non-league team. So we would go to Tootingham, Mitcham or Sutton or Carshalton. And if you were to talk 20, 30 years ago about Tootingham, Mitcham or Wakefield or Bedford being snapped up by American investors, people would think you were mad. It's a, it's a strange development, isn't it? How, I mean, how do these investors even find out about teams of this size? Um, well, I'm I, I can't say too much about Bedford because um, indirectly I know who was assisting them. I think in, in that uh, oh, who somebody who's you? actually a friend of the show. Oh, um, you? you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a friend of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> was it Finley? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but 
what what American investors are doing is they've they've acknowledged that to actually buy into to U.S. sports franchises is ridiculously expensive. Um, if you if you take a look at the prices being charged in the MLS, and the MLS is you're going to you're talking normally somewhere in the region of. Two hundred and fifty thousand, so two hundred fifty million, perhaps more in terms of dollars. We, yeah, these are these are the prices. You, know, you, you could effectively buy Newcastle for that. Um, mm. you, you could mm. certainly buy some other uh, Premier League football clubs, and yet the MLS generates a fraction of the money. So, buying into American franchise sports, uh, especially the, the you know their the big sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, and so on, uh, is is ridiculously expensive. And we've got a, uh, a a new breed of potentially younger people coming through who have made their money in in different industries who um, who like soccer because of Ted Lasso, and now mm. they're thinking, well, why can't we have a go at doing something in England? Um, so uh, this this is this is why we're starting to see th- these type of uh, uh, new investors coming in, uh, and they, they've got. I think they've got a genuine affection. I think some of them have got some really genuine uh, good ideas, and 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 they want to do they want to do the right thing, and they want to have a bit of fun at the same time. Yeah, you know, Ryan Reynolds and and McElhenney at Wrexham. Mm. You know, it, it's it's in non league. It's you can buy a club for for relatively peanuts, um, and you can you can let you know, it it can grow. At the same time, the things which we're concerned about sustainability, legacy, have to be protected as well. Yeah, Kieran, I thought we agreed to have an embargo on the whole Ted Lasso thing. Oh, sorry, yeah. I don't want to be opening old yeah. wounds two, two yes, bottles in. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's not an old wound, Kieran. It's a relatively new wound that's still open. Right. The fact that I didn't get a part playing myself in a cameo role. <laughs> yes. It's still smart. Still smart. So it's one of the reasons I'm really, really waiting for 2022 to come along because I can put a little bit more time between it um it's an interesting one do you think the Wrexham is do you think a lot of Americans are looking at uh, what's happened to Wrexham and thinking no we'll, we'll have a piece of that because they may have fun but they're not going to get to the championship are they they're not going to get to league one probably with clubs like Wakefield um they're not going to get there in two or three years but the the, the people in charge of Bedford they're they're convinced that they can get into the EFL yeah. um so, if if they've got a, a strategy, if uh, uh, you know, in in one of the shows we did before Christmas, we spoke to Rob Kuhig, you know, an American investor, an American lawyer who's got family who love football, and uh, you know, as, as, as he described to us on on the on, on the show itself, he'd looked about five or six clubs before mm. finally choosing Wickham, and um, they they see the game in a different way to us, and uh, yeah. I, I am quite conservative in, in my attitude towards football, you know, in, in terms of the importance that it plays. I'm fully aware of the same as you. History, heritage, the that excitement of going to a match. And and I I never want to lose that. But it doesn't mean that somebody with, with a different perspective cannot also buy into our part of football and introduce new things and, and they they seem to have these ideas. Yes, well we'll we'll learn about the uh 
the Bedford owners' perspective early in the new year when we interview them, um, we have no choice. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> no, normally we, we have to ask people, it's like, no, no, we're, we're, you're interviewing us. Okay, fine. Uh, Tom Oliver has a question that uh, I know you'll have been looking forward to all over <laughs> the festive period, Kieran, um, or indeed in the three hours since we started the festive period this evening on Sunday, the 19th of December. Tom Oliver says, why does amortisation have to happen in a straight line? It's been keeping me awake at night, I have to say. (laughs) For example, a championship club takes a punt and buys a League One player for a million pounds on a four-year deal. He scores 25 goals and by the end of the season is worth approximately £5 million, so a potential £4 million profit for the club. The club decides to keep the player, so why should they then amortise the player by £250,000? Is this purely because the £5 million proposed fee is not proven and is, inverted commas, on paper, the asset is only worth 750 k This seems so arbitrary and surely disadvantages clubs that add value to players. Why shouldn't clubs be free to amortise as they see fit? And if that question doesn't prove that it's a good job one of us is teetotal, I don't know what is. <laughs> Um, I think to a certain extent, Tom has actually answered his own question. Why shouldn't clubs be free to amortise as they see fit? It's a bit like saying, why can't I agree to pay the tax authorities what I think is appropriate at the end of each year? I don't, I've been, I've been, Kieran, I've been going on about that for years. Um the whole point about amortization is that it's not supposed to have anything to do with with market values, um, and there is a, an inherent issue in in terms of how much is a footballer worth, because you have to you have to decide. It's it's not like if 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 you or I go I go if you or I go and buy a bottle of whiskey or a, a microphone for our computer. There's a list price, and and the microphone for the computer costs you know, sixty quid. The bottle of whiskey costs thirty quid. Whatever it's going to be, and everybody knows what the price is. But and and also, you know, I'm 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 talking to my computer microphone at present. Um, there are tens of thousands of them. They are all identical. They all do exactly the same thing. Footballers are unique. So, how much is Wilfred Sahar worth at the end of this season? I don't know. You don't know. Steve mm. Parrish doesn't know. He'll, he'll put a punt on it. He'll, he'll, yeah, if somebody comes in, he'll say, "Yeah, well, we want, yeah, we want sixty million quid for him." But there, there's no such thing as a definitive price, and, and and therefore, if you're trying to have any reliance upon the accounts, and somebody says amortization could be anywhere between two hundred and fifty thousand and four million, you can manipulate those results. As you see fit, and this is sometimes known as the Mel Morris way of accounting, because that's what happened with Derby County. They just changed the numbers at the end of each season to suit suit their needs. And um, it also goes against the small print of the the accounting rulebook, which, yeah, unfortunately, you know, dullards like me have have to follow. Hmm. Interesting that you're talking into your computer microphones. I'm talking into my bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Kieran, you are very far from being a dullard. You know that. Um, Our next question on this short part comes from Pedro Ribeiro. And Pedro says, I'm from Brazil. Brackets, yes, I hear you from here. Which is quite sinister, 
Pedro, I have to say. Um, but Pedro says, you might know my club, Sao Paulo FC, who beat Liverpool back in 2005 and revealed some wonder kids as Kakar and Lucas Moura. My question is, when the PL or the EFL are planning the fixtures for next season, do they consider distances travelled for each club? I ask this because here in Brazil, the fixtures are really stupid sometimes with plenty of unnecessary trips across the country. I think, Kieran, Pedro is asking a question that many, many English football fans ask themselves. Um, what sort of planning goes into the, the, the fixtures? And also, but the other problem with Brazil is that Brazil is a massive, huge oh, country, isn't yeah, it, yeah. Compared, to, compared to here? So, you know, the, the Carlisle to Plymouth would be nothing in Brazil. So, but it's a, it's a really interesting question, and I expect the answer is, is no. Well, uh, it, it's it's no most of the time, but uh, we we are in the the festive period. We hope we we. Uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that matches have been taking place and, and we've managed to go and see them. Um, and what the uh, what what the both the EFL and the Premier League try to do is that during the Christmas and New Year period that they they try to. Uh, organise matches which doesn't involve too much travel for fans, if possible. Now, it, you, it will can never work all the time. So, for example, Brighton have got two matches scheduled over Christmas, home to Brentford, away to Chelsea. So Brentford's 50 miles away, Chelsea's 50 miles away, um, trying to uh, acknowledge that, you know, saying, you know, if, if I said to the Baroness, on, on Boxing Day, oh, yeah, we're, we're away to Burnley, set off at 6.30 in the morning um, and get home at 11 o'clock at night, I'm going to be pretty unpopular. So yeah. to, to give give the football authorities some credit, they, they try within reason. At the same time, they don't want the matches to be those type of derbies which involve an awful lot of police leave being cancelled. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't have Brighton versus Palace, you wouldn't have Tottenham versus West Ham, um, and, and so on. Um, so th- there is an attempt to have you know, s- some geographical uh, adjustments made. At the same time, we've got a further issue in terms of the broadcasters. And the broadcasters do not give a damn when it comes to uh, matches taking place other than uh, these festive periods, so uh, you know, we are we are recording this of the the weekend of the the eighteenth and nineteenth of December, um, and uh, Middlesbrough versus Bournemouth was scheduled and it kicked off at twelve thirty yeah. pm. Yeah, um, and and fair play to the Borough fans, you know, they they put up a sign, you know, six hundred and thirty five mile round trip. Uh, you know, it's it's impossible if you're a Bournemouth fan to get to Borough yeah. using public transport. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I support Brighton. Our kickoff was originally showed had not been called off for COVID. We we were playing at Old Trafford at twelve thirty on a Saturday. So I I I, you know, I pre-booked a prepaid, so I went up on on the Friday uh, and I stayed over. Um, and this this was this was a bit of a problem because I went out went out one evening with my lad, and I caught uh, I caught the one nine two bus. I was staying in Stockport because all the because ho- if, if it's Manchester United are playing at home, you cannot get a hotel for love nor money. 
Uh, you combine that with the week before, you know, the hotel toll prices in Manchester over the weekend were absolutely obscene. So, so I went, I booked myself in Stockport, which for people unfamiliar, Stockport's around about eight to 10 miles south of Manchester as such. Um, and, and to get from Manchester to Stockport, you have to have to get the legendary 192 bus. And, it, and it's known as the loony bus for a reason. <laughs> and I made the mistake of going upstairs oh. on the bus. Uh, and I was getting off fairly close to the, the far end terminus. And there was one guy left on there, and uh, he, he tried to sell me some spice. Now, I was so innocent that I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought why, why is this bloke trying to sell me paprika or coriander? <laughs> and, and then I realised that, that spice is apparently some sort of modern uh, – and he, he was acting a bit strange – um and uh yeah he, he i i managed to persuade him and, and then um I, I think the he he made the mistake clearly he'd been taking some of his own product and and he befouled himself oh, whilst dear. in negotiations he had this enormous coughing fit and uh, <laughs> as he said oh sorry man i've just shat myself um before Kieran, it's, it's the festive before season Kieran, carrying on the negotiations um but it's it was an expensive uh yeah, you know, it, it was an ex- it was an expensive weekend, and and this mm. is this is crazy. Why are broadcasters making people travel these ridiculous distances for uh, crazy kickoff times? Yeah, there's um, <laughs> there's always another option, Kieran. Um, Palace played Man U two. Oh God, I forget this. this recently, year in, I think recently, a- recently, yes. Uh, and some friends of mine, including the, the delightful guys. Uh, decided to get a B&B uh, and they thought they'd go up on the Friday for the game on Sunday, you know, just settle in, get used to the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, and they were so um, popular in the local Weatherspoons on the Sunday morning when the Weatherspoons was absolutely packed and only letting home players in, uh, they delivered to the B&B that he was staying in, <laughs> which was literally within sight of the ground. Um, and also, I'm just going to, Pedro, just to make your new year, I'm going to uh, – Talk to you in Portuguese. I'm going to say, Esculpa, now for all Portuguese. Wow. Which means, I'm sorry, I don't speak Portuguese. Um, many years ago, uh, before Ali, when I lived with a, a profoundly deaf girl who was um, spoke 12 languages, we went to Portugal, and she decided that she would teach me how to say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Portuguese, in the unlikely event that one of the least Portuguese-looking people in the world <laughs> would be approached in Lisbon. But lo and behold, within an hour of getting there, somebody came up to me and asked me for directions, and I just went, and they were really impressed. Well, um, our penultimate question. This podcast travels the world, doesn't it? This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. 
You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insight, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. Uh, Larkin Hogel is a friend of the pod. Um, and Larkin says, in a recent episode, Kieran said that a player can only be registered with two clubs in a season. Is that only applicable in the Premier League? Can you please explain what happened with Josip Bursic this past year? From what I can see, he was on the books for Stoke. He was then loaned to Doncaster, returned to Stoke, loaned again to Peterborough, and then amazingly appeared for Lincoln City in their first playoff match against Sunderland. So it looks like he played 17 matches for three different clubs, all in League One. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> right. Um, I'd say well, that in an Australian accent because we know Larkin's from Australia. So. <laughs> We're not talking about Australia. God knows what's oh, happened God, to no, the cricket Jesus, since cricket, then. Forget that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgot the Ashes. Mercifully, the alcohol lets me forget the Ashes is still going on. <laughs> um, right. My understanding is that if he, whilst he's on the books of Stoke, provided he doesn't play for Stoke, they can lend him out to a couple of clubs during the course of the season. So right. that would have been um, Doncaster and Peterborough. Now the the season officially finishes on uh, when when Peterborough's fixture list had completed. So therefore, he was then free because when you get to the playoffs, you're in a slightly different scenario. I, I would imagine that would have been some form of emergency loan, though, because otherwise, you know, what's to stop a club who get to the playoffs uh, from from signing a superstar on, on yeah on, mm. on a, a one match basis, and yeah, especially if it was the championship playoff? Can you imagine, you know, if, uh, if if Mo Salah went to go and play one game in a playoff final? Uh, and, you know, and Liverpool charge £10 million for the privilege. So mm. um, it, it it does seem a strange one, is the answer. And I can't really give Larkin any, any more of an answer than that. Right. Okay, I'm sorry about that, Larkin. Um, our last question of this year comes from Jim Kellett. And it's a suitably showbiz question, I think, to end the year. And um, Jim Kellett's question is this. It's about Watford, uh, not a London team, as we've established. Jim says Elton John reacquired Watford during the mid-1990s and under his second ownership, Watford achieved back-to-back promotions to the Premier League. In a live performance of Can You Feel the Love Tonight, he credits The Lion King with changing my life in a lot of ways because it led me to do a lot of other things during the 1990s. Did the windfall from doing the soundtrack for an all-time classic Disney film bankroll his and Graham Taylor's second Watford run? Um, to a certain extent, it did. Um, Elton John has made a huge amount of money uh, from The Lion King, estimated to be £76 million. Holy moly, really? 
Yep, and that's mainly through the musical, ah. not the film itself. Oh, okay. The, the, the uh, and and the musical has made a fortune for Disney. Um, they've made eleven billion dollars out wow. of the Lion wow. King, um, of which probably uh, eighty or ninety percent has has come from the musical. And if, and if you think about it, that that does make sense because that musical runs in, yeah, it's it's in London, it's it's in New York, it's in other cities around the world. It's it's a fantastically lavish, spectacular production. Yeah, wonderful but it, piece of work. But if you think football ticket prices are obscene. Just just go to just go to a West End production of mm. uh, of, of the Lion King and and just you know just just empty your wallet and and then then empty it again. Um, but uh, it had yeah, it, it was very very lucrative for for Elton John and it's it certainly helped his financial position. Um, and they've also just done a remake of the Lion King with some with sort of semi live. Um, and he took Disney for a further thirteen million. Um, for the rights to use his song in that, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's it's been fantastically beneficial uh, for for all parties concerned. And all I can say is, as a parent, when it first came out, what a fantastic film! It's a it's a great film. It's a great live show. Um, I feel I should uh, defend my industry here. The ticket prices are one thing; they are expensive, but these shows are expensive to put on. Yeah, what well, yeah. you can't justify. Is I went to see a show. It is last week, but it's not last week now because it's free. Um, at the Purcell Rooms, uh, I wandered up to the bar beforehand and asked for a glass of wine, and was even I blinked when he went. Uh, that would be nine pound fifty, um, and then was completely out fox. So he went. It's much cheaper to buy a bottle. I went oh, okay, and then his mate said it's cheaper to buy two bottles, which is why I ended up buying two bottles. Which was fine because there were two of us, but I don't remember much about the show. But I mean, that's the, that's the sort of thing the West End can't justify. The ticket prices they can. Um, I, I genuinely don't know at time of speaking whether my industry is happening or not. It's a difficult time for my industry. It's a difficult time for a lot of people listening to this, which is why we can only wish everybody a happy new year. After saying, if you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod, go to patreon.com forward slash price of football. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at price of football.com. And Kieran, I will take this opportunity to say we have many people over the past 18 months, two years, many, many people, hundreds, thousands, have said to us how important the pod has been in keeping them going through difficult times. Uh, and all I can do is echo those people and say it's been uh, a brilliant thing for me to do. Uh, as you know, the last three months have been very, very difficult for me for various reasons. The nine months before that weren't brilliant, to be perfectly honest, but uh, having the opportunity to be... Uh, with you even remotely uh, twice a week and to talk and be creative and be in control of what I'm doing and to you know talk to the world has been a wonderful thing so Kieran I wish you a very very happy new year and I wish all our listeners the very same and I will only repeat what we said before please God the next year is better than the last two we've had absolutely well thanks very much and as somebody who is the antithesis of creativity being an analyst, working working with somebody who is creative has has been the biggest learning experience of my life, uh, and, and this this has been this has been the greatest thing I've ever done. Oh, oh, God, love! I'm getting very emotional now, but she's pointless because we'll actually be seeing each other 
20, how many? 26. <laughs> soon. We're, we're soon doing the quiz. <laughs> right. right. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, boys and girls and everybody else. I'm for the